Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello and welcome back to the FPL Roundtable Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries. Uh, What's going on all? Rob Langevin. And on this podcast, we bring you weekly updates from the world of fantasy soccer slash football. On today's episode, we will be discussing injuries, the effect of European lineups on your fantasy team, who to start and sit, and the transfers that we've made this week. All right, Rob, we're going to start off with injuries. We had some pretty high-profile ones happen from your beloved Chelsea. Pedro and Willian have both picked up knocks. Vincent Company picked up a knock from Manchester City. Jordan Henderson just had surgery in the U.S., Luke Shaw's shin bone popped out of his leg, which was gross, and you should drop him, as sad as it is. Uh, but we'll start with your guys, Pedro Willian. What's what's kind of the timetable that you have on these guys, and what do you do with injured players in different formats? Uh, with the Pedro and Willian thing, I know Willian just got a knock uh, today or yesterday. Um, the Pedro thing, he's already been ruled out for Saturday. So if, if you're rostering him and you need immediate fantasy impact i think you can probably either hide him on your bench or completely shuffle to somebody who is in the neutral price range you know if you don't already own andre au probably go in that direction you know the obvious uh transfer for me is people that are probably sleeping on is is a Philippe coutinho is coming back and they're basically sort of in the same price range and you probably save a couple bucks here or there but to me, that seems like the most logical lateral transfer to me. The Willian thing is he played well today yeah. before, he, before he got the knock. And Chelsea wasn't playing at their top 100% squad. I mean, they haven't been playing at their top 100% squad all year. It's, just, it's a shame that they have to they show it against a, a team from Israel. What's the difference of having Baba Rahman in the side? Uh, you know what? I, I I fielded this question on from somebody on Twitter today. Um, what was the value of Rachman um, in a in a in the Premier League Premier dot com league compared to a draft uh, league? And price wise, he's no better than a third or fourth defender, only because Chelsea you know exemplifies or ex, you know multiplies their defenders by such a rate that you can't fit them in. Basically, he, he's basically the same price as Martin Skirtle right now. I mean, mm. that's... As as an established defender such as Martin Skirtle, I mean, how could you justify saying, all right, Bob, Baba Rachman is, is okay based on what Martin Skirtle is, and Martin Skirtle has a, has a decent matchup this week against Norwich. So how could you actually say, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna roster a Rachman, but you know what, you know, Skirtle is garbage, and I'm not going to... I'm not going to do him against a great opponent that or a favorable opponent in Norwich, whereas Chelsea has an Arsenal, and there's no guarantee that Rockman is even going to play against Arsenal. Yeah, it's definitely kind of iffy. Uh, Vincent Company picking up a knock midweek, uh, so some people saying he'll be back in time. 
Otherwise, you kind of have this Otamendi slash Mongola dilemma that we've we've discussed in the past. Of those three, which two are you backing? You know, I I trust that company is going to be back. Um, I ranked him as such on Rasball.com. I, I I still believe that he'll probably be a top ten play this week, only because he's a veteran. He knows how hurt he is. He's not going to come out and say, "Oh, I'm completely banged up. I'm not going to play." He came out and said, "I know my body. I'm 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 okay to play on on the this weekend set." Um, will he be Vincent Company value wise? Who knows? But I mean, how could you not want to roster a Man City defender this week? I mean, they have a, a favorable fixture at home against West Ham. I mean, you're probably or you should be already rostering Alexander Kolarov. Yeah. I mean, if you're running the gamut and you're, which I've seen is a popular trend right now, is um, people ab- completely abandoning the, the city offensive triumvirate of the Sterlings, the Silva, the De Bruns, the Aguero, whoever you want to, whatever three you want to throw in there, to completely going to a defensive with a Joe Hart, Kolarov company back yeah. three, and basically trying to triple up on your your clean sheet and bonus points, which is basically what they've been doing all year. So, I mean, to say that they won't do it again is blasphemous because they haven't let a goal up all year. So to say that West Ham is going to score against them this week is, I mean, West Ham is West Ham. They're not awesome. But Man City has been predominantly dominant through the back, you know, the back four and the goalie. So fantasy-wise, that's a great set to start with. And completely abandon their front offensive threats to to bank that they're going to be in the defensive scoring fantasy wise that you want. Yeah, uh, quickly, let's talk a little bit about the ethics of fantasy. If you're in a draft league, are you are you trying to sell on these injury players, trying to get something back, or or are you just kind of forced to hold on to them in your team? Because I'm assuming if you have any of these guys, save for maybe Luke Shaw, you want to hold on to them. Yeah, I mean, you definitely got You definitely can't trade or you know ship them out for an equal part because on the waiver wire, there's no equal parts because they're going to be lesser than the whole. Um, trading wise, I mean, a manager might buy in that it's a one or two week knock, um, but from from what I'm seeing is that there's no long term injury here besides a Luke Shaw thing where his 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 leg went through his shin guard basically. Um, it's basically a. Hopefully, you have a better spot on your reserve, and you could just plug them in for this week, and you know, continue as normal. Yeah, and continuing on from the injured players, I kind of touched on it already with with the company stuff and with the Pedro William versus Oscar stuff. Well, we'll pick up there. I'm assuming Oscar is one of your your picks of the week since Pedro and William both seem to be struggling. Oscar performed well. I'm assuming he slides into pretty much everyone's starting lineup. Uh, in in draft formats, if you own him, sure. Um, in the in the official official site, he's still kind of pricey, and he's eight point three. I mean, that's more than a lot of players. I basically that's basically Yaya Torre kind of category. I mean, Yaya is eight point seven. Yeah. Um. Or more than that. And now it I, very much should have had a goal at the tail end of their match against Palace. Oh, absolutely. Fluffed absolutely. it twice. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, for a player to be coming off an injury and in a questionable offensive team like Chelsea right now, mm. especially when Chelsea's playing an Arsenal team, where I think Arsenal is going to come out of this game playing very, very cautious because they probably watched this game that they that they saw Chelsea play against Tel Aviv, and Arsenal just lost on the same day. Yeah, with the Giroud red card. Yeah, I mean, well, the one, the one. Yeah, I, I don't know. If, did you watch any of the Arsenal game? Yeah, game? I, I got to see bits and pieces of it. The the, the, the yellow, first yellow was for dissent, right? Yeah, first yellow was awful. I don't know what. I mean, you don't give a guy dissent for in the first 20, 21 minutes of the game. I mean, yeah, he could say your mom's a whatever she is, but she might be. You never know. The second <laughs> one, ab- the second one was absolutely uh, yellow because he kicked. The, it looked like he kicked the guy in the, in the junk. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but. You know, I don't know how that's going to affect their team going into this, you know, into the early Saturday morning fixture. But I think Arsenal's going to come out very ten- tentatively in this game only because they're coming off a loss in the Champions League where they wanted to come out and make a statement. And Chelsea basically came out and made a statement against a Tel Aviv team who isn't on Chelsea's level internationally. But, I mean, they do have some offensive talents. I mean, look at their forward. Look at his forward. Look at his scoring. His scoring record. I mean, if, if, did you see uh, his his scoring record in games he started for Tel Aviv? I had. I had not. Yeah, he scored eighty goals in one hundred and seven appearances for <laughs> Tel Aviv. It, it's actually r- ridiculous. Beravi is his name. B e h r a v i. He scored 80 goals in 107 games. I mean, that's basically like Rude Van Esteroy when he was playing for Manchester United <laughs> stuff type stuff. Um, you know, the Chelsea-Arsenal game, it's the early game, like I said before. And I think both teams are basically coming in on the opposite side of the gamut here. I think Chelsea's going to ride the lightning of the 4-0 defeat where they basically started uh, – not their top unit. I mean, they started Loftus Cheek and Rockman got a got some play. Cahill got the Cahill got the skipper band, um, and Costa basically came on only because William got injured, and he got ended up getting a goal later on. But I think this game is going to be basically uh, Chelsea's going to try to be aggressor, and Arsenal's basically going to try to sit on something for a while until basically something gives. And I don't, I don't know. This game, from from a fantasy perspective, is is very iffy. Yeah. If that's if that's a great word, because this game can could be a one one game, and the goals can come very very early. And from and random then the game, people. Yeah, exactly. I mean, nobody's really gonna roster Oscar this week. Only they're gonna because nobody's gonna watch the game. And be like, oh, Oscar scored a PK this week. Oh, he's gonna be in my team because that's not gonna happen. I mean, yeah. if you watch the Chel- if you watch the game, the Champions League game, I mean. There was a lot of back and forth with Tel Aviv, but there was no real ball control from Chelsea. Yeah, they got four goals, but there was a lot of, uh, all right, we're building up to a goal, and then we got one. And then they basically passed it around, and then Tel Aviv passed it around. And then there was no real dominance where you're saying, wow, Chelsea's like a top five team in the world. Yeah, um, I didn't put this in (laughs) the things we were going to talk about today, so I'll start first and give you some time to fill. Uh, with a match to watch this week. Last week we went through a whole bunch of them. Probably didn't help out a whole bunch. We're just going to narrow it down to one. My match for the week is Swansea versus Everton. I think this is a really interesting one. Ross Barkley is somebody that I've been high on. He had a lot of tough matchups, which made me a little leery, but he's mostly cleared those woods now. Mm -hmm. Um, And he still looked good. 
little iffy on Lukaku, but he has a chance to, you know, come up big here for them. Still don't know what they're going to be doing on the wings. Aruna Kone has looked very good this year, but they also have Aaron Lennon and Jared Delafeu still kind of waiting in the wings. Not mm-hmm. really sure how they're going to handle all of that going forward. And you have the hat-trick hero, Steve Naismith, also trying to get a spot on that side. So that's all interesting from the Everton side. We've already talked Swansea to death. You know, you, you got all your guys. Jefferson Montero hasn't started two straight matches, which is a little concerning considering how effective he was at the beginning of the season. Uh, Wayne Routledge doesn't do it for me, and you could kind of tell in the last two matches that he didn't really do it for Swansea either. Uh, but there's obviously a lot of intrigue in this one. I think it, could, it it has that high-scoring potential. Whether or not it gets there, you know, they may neutralize. But, you know, when you have any match with about 8 to 10 players that are all relatively ownable, I think it's definitely one worth watching from a fantasy perspective. Yeah, I, I agree. That's a great game to watch this week. My game this week is I, I love games that have fringy fran- fantasy like like relevance. The game I like is Aston Villa West Brom. <laughs> I, I know I know on paper you're like Aston Villa West Brom, but look at the names that that are prob- possibly like filling your your third defender or your third forward. I yeah. mean, you got I, your Adrissa guys and your Jordan Veratus and yeah, exactly. Solomon Rondone in there. You're, you're a Jordan Amavi or yep. you know you might be rolling with a you know a, a Rondon up front for as your third forward. Who's 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 your uh, baggie that you have in your team? Your Albion player? Uh, I don't think I have anybody. Actually. Don't you? You got you got like forty points from him like three weeks ago. No, I think he's gone now. Oh. I, don't <laughs> I got Fair rid enough. of. Him. What have you done he's for no, me lately? He's no longer needed. <laughs> but. Yeah, no. I mean, I like I like games that are fringy, like fringy fantasy relevant. I like guys that can come in. You know, I'm interested to see what Craig Dawson can do in this game, or like a James Morrison, because those are the guys that are going to make up the difference in fantasy league. Everybody's going to be rostering, you know, the majority of midfielders and forwards from the from the Man Cities and the Swansea's and. Everybody owns Mares by now and the like. But the guys who win you your fantasy league are guys that on a, on a weekly basis or sporadically can, can come out of the blue. And in this game, like like this week, I love Jordan Amave this week. And I, I actually, I'll go on a limb and on this podcast, and I wrote about him the other day. I said, I'll actually come out and say Jordan Amave is going to score a goal this week. Hmm. As bold as that sounds, like yeah, it's hard to chase. Run. It's hard to chase goals like that. But. Yeah, absolutely. From a, it's like putting yourself on a limb, basically on like a limb on a limb of a of a river on a river. If that makes sense, <laughs> it doesn't. But all right, <laughs> uh, we're going to move on now to our starts and sits. That's a lie. We're going to do price changes real quick. All right, we're recording this at ten thirty p.m. U.S. time, Eastern time. So and, uh, what, and what one that? of That's a and one of us and, and one of us is half in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> I think half is being kind to yourself. All right, anyway, wow. we're gonna wow. we're <laughs> we're wow. going to move on to price changes. Hey, we encourage drinking on this show. We Absolutely, don't, we don't hide it at all. And it's, it's crazy nighttime. And I'm thirsty. Yeah, man. What are you, what else are you supposed to drink? I get it. Uh, we're gonna hit price changes real quick. Um. For players that are dropping, that I think are interesting uh, to look at, uh, two big names, Hazard and Rooney. How far are they going to fall before they start coming back up? The Rooney one's interesting. Actually, this would have been an excellent segue from the last segment, Whoops, which is uh, Wayne Rooney. We saw Anthony Martial start for 
Manchester United in Europe. I'm assuming Fellaini's not going to start up front for Manchester United this weekend again after how horrendous his touches were consistently. Uh, of the Rooney slash Martial pairing, which way are you leaning? Um, I'm not leaning either way. <laughs> I just think that Rooney at his price right now is basically an untouchable. Because basically people rostered him probably for the first three weeks and were like, Yuck, this guy is awful. I don't want him on my team. Then bought in after the England goals. Resold yeah, now. Yeah, and then they're like, oh, Rooney's going to be due for another one. And yeah. nothing. And I don't think that the, the price tag on Martial right now is... It's, it's high. It is. Yeah, it's, you, for where he is, I mean, just the comparables in the striker, you know, you know neighborhood, there's nobody there that you're going to be like Martial or Lukaku. Martial or I mean nine times out of ten somebody's gonna take Benteke over Martial right now. I mean Yeah. And and equally insane is that Hyungman's son is both listed as a forward and also at eight dot oh. Yeah. Little Spurs inside advice. Don't do that. <laughs> it would be a horrible choice. The one that I do think is really interesting is Troy Deeney at five dot three. He's looked much better than his fantasy stats would indicate. Uh, and and this Watford team is is sneaky good. Yes, they're going to be missing Bahrami this week, uh, which I'm not a huge fan of. But Dini's going to get scoring at one point. He scored 20 consecutive seasons, if memory serves. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we had a Watford guy on the EPL roundtable, and he was talking to us about how good Dini's looked, kind of despite it all. Egghalo, obviously the one scoring the goals at the moment, but Dini at 5.3 for a player that's starting every week, I think is really interesting to look at. Yeah, and I, I love Watford this week as a team. Period. Yeah, I mean, me too. They're, they're I have their defenders. It. Yeah, if you're if you're looking for a, a second or third or fourth defender this week, I mean, just invest in a Nyam or a, or a, a Cathcart, yeah. yeah, or a Protal. I mean, uh, Newcastle. Just do some research on Newcastle. I mean, yeah, since we'll, Fe- we'll get to it in in a little bit, but yeah, yeah. those since, those since, stats are not favorable. Yeah, I mean, since February twenty eighth of last year, they they have nine points out of fifty one. I that is just abominable. I mean, they, yeah. they're they're the new Sunderland in this in this podcast. I know we trash Sunderland <laughs> on a regular, but but Newcastle is looking like the regulation janitor right now. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll just leap ahead a little bit. The Watford defense, yes, sneaky good this season. They're kind of your trippier play from last year. Mm-hmm. Crappy defense, but pretty good player. That's not fair, actually. Watford have three clean sheets. I'm going to take that back. I officially would like to apologize to all of our friends at From the Rookery End, which you can find. At from the Rookery End, I'm pretty sure is their Twitter handle. If not, <laughs> Google search that and you'll find it. I, I apologize. Um, I, yeah, that was a mistake. But um, they are now facing that Newcastle team, which you mentioned, which has the fewest goals scored this season with two. Not great. The fewest shots on goal. You want to take a stab at that? Uh, 11. 10. It's they have 10 yeah. shots on target this season. That is woeful in every sense of the word. I'm all about Neom and Cathcart this week. I'm going to quickly run through my uh, players that are on the rise that are still worth bringing in. Bakary Sako has been so good that Alan Pardew decided to play a 4-2-4 and drop all recognized strikers in favor of playing Punchin, Zaha, Sako, and Balassi. And if they're going to keep playing Sako, he's going to keep doing well. Scored, I think, 15 goals it was last season in the championship. He's looked very good this season. I think he's definitely worth a look. Redmond is the most 
high is the best least talked about player in fantasy right now for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been absolutely incredible for Norwich, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Yes, Nathaniel Klein has been better than I've given him credit for in the past, so apologies for that, whenever that was, like a month ago. Um, but they can move him all around. He likes cutting into the center, and, and I don't really trust that Liverpool center back pairing at all, unless it's three at the back, in which case I trust it even less. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Redmond's a really interesting to bring in at 5.7. And I just mentioned Ross Barkley. He went through a rough patch of fixtures. And that's that's the case with all your Crystal Palace players as well. I know I've been particularly hard on Wilfried Zaha, had a good match last week. But they've played four of last season's top five in six weeks. Yeah. Coming with, with this Tottenham match this weekend. So if you can still buy low on those guys, do so. I'm assuming Joel Ward is going to start dropping because of the injury. If he does, be sure to pick him up. He's a really underrated fantasy player. And if he drops below where he already was at 4.5, that's a pretty much as close to a must-own as you can get in defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, Barkley, kind of out of the woods, has impressed me thus far. Why he hates passing the ball in dangerous positions, I'll never know. He's always trying to create for himself. He's going to have to learn that at some point, but I trust him throughout 80% of the pitch, and, and I have faith that he'll be able to figure out that last bit as the season progresses. 6.8, a little pricier than those other options, but the fact that he's not at 7 or 7.5 to begin with, I, I think is a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. I mean, can we discuss that uh, Riyad Mahrez has gone up 0.7 in yeah. five weeks? Yeah, and looks every bit, that looks every bit legit. Uh, he he basically looks like Eden Hazard type best best player in the Premier League with yeah. the ball on his foot type yeah. stuff. And as uh, Jim Knight, uh, as one of our Leicester correspondents said, Tottenham could have had him in the summer for six to eight million. Whoops! Yeah, it's tough to be a Spurs fan. I swear. You know what? It's it's not easy, but not all of us can uh, support title challenging teams. That's- that's why I'm a Leicester supporter. <laughs> hey, man, they all wear blue. They're all right with me. I'm colorblind. <laughs> to names. <laughs> Don't know what that means. We're going to head into start sit. Um, I have a controversial start of the week at Ooh. forward. Controversy. Play the, play the theatrical music. Bum, bum, Go. bum. Ah! That might get cut. Anyway, it's Christian Benteke. Now... I know he's been pretty unimpressive, and this has nothing to do with his backflip scissor kick of death goal, or whatever U.S. soccer guy says on Twitter. It's pretty hilarious, as always. Um, but, listen. This is a Norwich side who conceded the third most goals this season, nine. And Liverpool strikers, on average, score 10,000 goals every time they play Norwich. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Sebastian Bassong. Much love for his, his run... Uh, with Tottenham back in the day, but not a huge fan of that. Not a huge fan of their defense. Uh, I think Russell Martin, both in fantasy and real life, is being inflated because of a couple of fluky goals. Uh, I, I think I think this Norwich team comes at the perfect time for Liverpool when they're desperate for both goals and a win. And I think Beteke is going to be able to really, really boss that defensive line. And I know he's pretty expensive, and a lot of people have already kind of gotten to that dead-to-me zone that what we were talking about with Rooney earlier. But mm-hmm. I think he could have a very good week this week. Yeah, I, I agree that Benteke maybe he's he's basically on the, the the lip of people who saw the bicycle goal are like, you know what, 
he's going to do it again against a Norwich team. That, yeah, like he wasn't super mediocre for like 70 minutes of that match. Yeah, completely. <laughs> um, honestly, to me, my start for forward is is Jamie Vardy this week. Uh, nice. I, I think I think Leicester against the Stoke defense, which is basically blah, is a great word. I mean, yeah. is blah a great word for, for the Stoke I, defense? And you know, funnily enough, this is the Robert Huth Bowl. Uh, and I think they're kind of missing him in defense. You know, I mean, uh, uh, is is Lester going to be scared of Mark Muniesa or Jeff Cameron or Eric Peters or Phil Bardsley or Glenn Johnson? Uh, or yeah, or Glenn Johnson who hasn't knocked who hasn't knocked this. Week, oh, okay, you know? all right. Well, they, they dodged that bullet or whatever yeah, the opposite of God. that is. <laughs> I mean, the, the bookmakers are quivering now because yeah. Glenn Johnson may be out. I know, but what are they gonna but, do? but Jamie Vardy to me is flourishing as the tip of the spear for, for Lester. Yeah. He's, he's got a lot of talent around him. That's, that's drawing the secondary defender away yeah. from him. And he's creating as well as finishing his chances. Absolutely. And I think when Vardy struggles is when that secondary defender comes to help out. Yeah. Vardy is a great one-on-one, one-on-one. Yeah, he wants to take on his guy. He doesn't really want to play with his back to go. Yeah, because he can outrun most, almost, almost every defender because yeah. he's, a, he's a quick player. He's a pace mm-hmm. player. But when you have a player like Mares and you have a player like Albrighton on the wide, on the wing, Vardy just completely can envelop the striker role for yeah. Leicester, and that's why I like him this week against Stoke. Yeah, and I, I can imagine <laughs> we might get a little bit of lashback for the Mares compared with Hazard thing. But and to your credit, I mean, if you think about the players with the best close control on display this year, it's Silva and him. Oh, absolutely! It's I mean, nuts in in the box. I'm sure you saw. The, I've been referring to it as the triple deke, mm-hmm. where he had all three players uh, lunging after a ball that wasn't even there. Because mm-hmm. he, he did the fake shot and then drifted onto his right. It, it's absolutely nuts what he can do with the ball, especially in such tight spaces. So I, I anything that involves Mahrez, I'm all about. Yeah. Um, In the midfield, this kind of goes against what we were talking about earlier. But I, I kind of like the Arsenal midfield this week, especially the pacey ones. Like, if we hear that Ox or Walcott are likely to get the start, I'm all in on them. Because at this point, this Chelsea defense isn't just in a bad rut. They're they're just bad. It is a detriment to your fantasy team. It is a detriment to Chelsea's success right now, that defense. Which means Arsenal can benefit from that. Whether or not they will, because they haven't looked great shakes this season either. Um, but I, I think it's an interesting one. They're going to be coming off a loss. You know, you never know how teams are going to bounce back from that. But Chelsea's team defense in particular has struggled against pace all season. And so if you're getting to these pacey Arsenal players on their runs, like like the lob ball to Walcott from last week that ended up being a goal, there's mm-hmm. not a player at Chelsea that's fit that can catch up to that. There's just not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so if Arsenal don't score two goals, I, I would be very surprised. So much as it pains me, I think Arsenal midfielders are all pretty much worth a look this week. Okay. I like... My start from the midfield is only based on because of the, the, the United game and what I was watching. United, look, if they come out with the same set of defenders and midfielder matchup that we saw with the Champions League game, they're, they are very vulnerable to anybody on the wings that has pace. Yeah, uh, it's, it's interesting to see if they'll go Daly Blint or Marcus Rojo on yeah. the left. And I was, I was confused why they didn't just put Rojo into the wide wide role there instead of putting him in the middle and then moving Blint to the, to the outside there. But that's neither here or there. But but my start this week is is Dusan Tadic. 
if, mm. if any if anybody watched the game against United, the the wing player basically thumped the ball into the box at will, and that's basically what Tadic does to a T. You know, he's basically the guy who dribbles up the side, finds Graziano Pella, and serves him the ball. I'm not going to say that Gra- that that Pella is going to score this week. But I think Tadish is in a position where he can succeed and possibly get somebody the ball in a, in a scoring position. Yeah. And especially better. in other leagues where chances created gets you points. I, I think that's a- definitely a great point. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, I'm just basing this off of the Champions League game only because the, the guy who, he's, the name is, is completely slipping my name right now, but he looks like an 80s uh, version of like a bad bad guy in like a Cobra Kai dojo. <laughs> he, had like, he had like blonde hair and he, he looked like he rode like a really cool like Maybe like a Harrow or a Diamondback when you were only riding a Huffy bicycle. <laughs> like he, he was like a cool rich kid. Like it oh was my totally- gosh, this is this is an aside, but I feel like there's a conversation that needs to be had. So when I was a kid, I had like a bat or cycle, basically <laughs> thing. So like it was like Batman. It was like black and yellow, and it looked like a motorcycle, but you still had to pedal it. Man, I thought it was so cool. And in retrospect, it's possible that I was not. <laughs> Did your imaginary friends love it? Oh my god, they were all about it. My, my, my imaginary friend David, he was like, yo man, that's pretty sweet. I was like, thanks David. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, well, what was, your, what was your bike choice as a kid? Um, I had a Huffy. Yeah? Yeah. What, what, what were we talking, like 10 speed? No, it was just a, like a bike, I don't know, it had a pad on it. I oh yeah, it had, it, 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 oh the standard two pedals, two wheels. I, I grew up poor, man. What do you want me to tell you? I, I didn't grow up. I went, I didn't grow up as affluent as people in, in Kentucky. Like, <laughs> well, I wasn't in Kentucky yet at that point. I think I think it was in Delaware at the time. Oh, you know, Jesus. tax-free havens and all that stuff. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but anyway, now we're going to move on to our sits of the week. I don't really like much that's happening in that Villa West Brom game. I know you think it's going to be an interesting one, but neither of these teams have had great success this season. It might be one-one Rondone and someone. I I don't know. I don't I don't see a whole lot in this one. I'm pretty much sitting anyone but Rondon and probably Amavi. Yeah, I could see that completely happening. I mean. It's gonna. I like the. I like it only because it's a fringy game where there's guys that you're thinking about rostering, but you're like, eh, you know, maybe I'll give him another week and I'll roll. Yeah, with but, Ash- I, but I think I'll this is the week Ashley to Williams scout. This isn't the week to be rooting for your guys that are on these teams. No, for me. totally, totally not. But I just, I just, I'm a weirdo. I like weird games. I'm, <laughs> everybody listening home, guess what? I'm a weirdo. Smokey <laughs> underscore Lugie is a weirdo. <laughs> and, yeah, that's well, uh, but. <laughs> My my sit this week, you know, it's tough. It's tough. I like I like I like guys that are gonna do well, but then I'm just like, ah, their opponent is. There's a lot of tough games this week that are yeah. just, can go either completely. Tottenham way. Palace, after what we've seen from Palace the last two weeks, is now a match I'm avoiding. And two weeks yeah. ago, I would have been all about it. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, my sit would be, I mean, Juan Mata maybe. I. I I just don't mm. see United doing anything against Southampton because I think Southampton's going to come out with their typical defensive unit. Yeah, and Van Dyke looked really good. I, I traded him away because I needed a midfielder. I brought it in a Drissa guy. Yeah. And pretty immediately regretted that. I mean, Southampton can come out and they could just put, you know, six defenders on the pitch. and yeah. One United now can, being one of them. Yeah. I mean, it's just ridiculous how, how deep Southampton is defensively. And they don't even have 
arguably their best defender there with Ryan Bertrand still still with a yeah. ding. Um, Although Matty Target has very much impressed. Oh, absolutely, and the value wise you're getting there is just phenomenal. He's still he's only four point one right now, and he's still getting and he's getting full nineties. Yeah. You know, so I'd probably go with Juan Mata. I don't I don't think anybody at uh, I don't think anybody at United is going to have enough going forward. Regardless of what we saw from Depay with a nice little one-two touch and yeah. and the goal score, I think this is Southampton locks this game down at home and is is aiming for the one and hoping they get they get a cheap goal with a with a Tadic cross yeah. and 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 clinching the three. Yeah, like I mentioned, uh, I'm I'm off most Tottenham and Crystal Palace players. I think they're going to neutralize. I got burned pretty hard on my Tottenham and Sunderland are going to score lots of goals last week. Ended up just kind of canceling each other out. Uh, I think that's likely to happen. Bolassi hasn't had a great season. Punchin's been off for the last couple of weeks. Zaha seems to be finding it. And if Ben Davis gets the start at left back instead of Danny Rose, I think Zaha mm-hmm. could have a really big game. But we won't know that till just about. And, you know, as a quote-unquote Tottenham insider, I'd love to tell you more information about this Davis versus Rose thing. But I'm pretty sure he just flips a coin. There's not really been much logic to it. The matches when Davis plays aren't the ones where you'd think we need to set up to defend, which he's more suited for than Danny Rose, who is the more attacking option. It just seems random. And, and so if, you, if you're in a league with late roster sets, check that. Because if you have Zaha and it's Ben Davis, you're, you're going to want to play him. Um, but in the official game, you won't, you won't know in time because the Tottenham match is on Sunday. So I'm probably avoiding most of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um. Is it on me on forwards now? I mean, uh, we, I, that, those were like all my sits, all in one giant heap. If you want yeah. to get more specific, feel free. But yeah, I, sit wise, I mean, you you kind of almost. I, I know people are probably locked in with Aguero. Anybody who's rostering Aguero right now, it feels like a huge waste of money right now. And I have three point one in the bank now because I dropped yeah. Coutinho for Lens last week. Mm-hmm. And, I have and I have three point three right now. Yeah, two, and I feel and like my transfers. team is outperforming what would happen if I brought in more expensive players. And that's the debate with me this week. Do I bring in someone? For it's probably what's going to happen. I'm probably going to I'm probably going to drop out Aguero and bring in Vardy just for this week, and then sit on my second tra- sit on the other transfer because I have two in the bank as I always keep two in the bank, and then probably next week I'll drop Kabai. And bring in probably Alexis Sanchez only because I want that. I want to see if that star power, what we've seen and what we we know from Alexis Sanchez, is going to happen. Actually, happens. Yeah, obviously been been pretty disappointing thus far this season. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm. It's it's a tough week. It is. Uh, we yeah. we kind of slipped in there into our our moves this week. I'm I'm standing pat. I'm not sure. Yeah. I I might end up bringing Coutinho back. I might, uh, especially as I have Pedro, who, like you said, has been ruled out. I also mm-hmm. already have a couple free transfers, so maybe swap one, swap it back. I still have Joel Ward. I, I should probably sell him and buy him back for cheaper, but he's already going to be back in two weeks. That's how mm-hmm. long it's been. We've already gotten past a week and a half of that injury. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really not sure the best way to handle it. Like I said, not super confident about keeping Aguero. We mentioned last week everybody suffering from the Aguero drought. Uh, have money in the bank, but you know, right now still rolling. Kolarov, Darmian, Gomez, Target with Ward hurt. 
with Pedro Hurt, Toure, Lenz, AU, Mahrez, with Aguero, Gomez, and Callum Wilson up front. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm super comfy with that. I really am. Like I said, might might bring back in Coutinho for Pedro. That just mm-hmm. adds more money, though, and I'm not, I don't really like any of the big money options. It feels like wasting money this year. And this is kind of the side effect that we've talked about on, on the EPL Roundtable and, and many people have been talking about, which is the growth of these mid-table clubs, where mm-hmm. there's so much talent because of all the, the TV money that was floating around that every team has good players. Like, Sunderland are awful. But Lenz and Defoe have done well. Jan and Villa's done well. You look at Newcastle, just dreadful. They played absolutely horrendously. But Jeannie Winyoldum's an interesting one. Daryl Yanmott had a really good match last week. You just have all these teams. West Ham, if they didn't have Dimitri Payet, would be much worse off than they are right now. Um, and so all of those guys being cheaper than, than your expensive guys, like your, your Hazards, like your Sanchez's, who hasn't really done much. Rooney, who you mentioned earlier, being way too expensive. Giroud, I'm not a huge fan of. I, I've always thought he was a little bit overrated. Okay. And yeah, so you, you get these these cheaper options. Like, who in fantasy would you rather have the Mahrez right now in midfield? Like, it's not a price thing. It's just he's the best midfielder right now. Yeah, I mean, unless you, unless you you feel like you're just completely committed and you have the money, the only person I can see that would give you the the return is 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 a David Silva. That's yeah. the only person or, I can or see. Or Toure. Yeah. Been, yeah. But but Torre is much more come and go. Like David Silva will not get you the peak weeks that Torre will, but he yeah. will always be like the average is higher. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, yeah. And the other the other thing I noticed this weekend, uh, I'm kind of on the fence about is uh, the disparity between the top four or five goalies and running with a like a medium goalie. Like I've been running with with Schmeichel for, yeah. since the beginning of the year, but the top four goalies are basically running away from everybody right now. Those are like Hart, Myhill, Check, and then you know De Gea joining joining that now, and or your basic, uh, you know your flavor of the flavor of the week this week is yeah. Gomez from yeah. Watford. Julio Gomez is, is yeah. also up there and has been very good. You know, I mean, but they're basically running away from it. So yeah. I'm I'm on the fence right now is whether to upgrade a, a a goalkeeper from from the standpoint of what I have right now from a Schmeichel McCarthy. Yeah, that's. Out. I'm I'm going Butland McCarthy and and being punished for it somewhat both just you know, on 15 points and, and and you know what we're we're both kind of talking about having extra money in the bank yeah maybe that's that's where it should go because you know you talk about the the two guys I have both Butland and McCarthy at 15 points mm-hmm. uh, if you add them one less point than Joe Hart yeah exactly and and Myhill who is basically one point two less than Joe Hart has oh, one yeah. less point yeah than Joe Hart so. I mean, and he's the same price as Schmeichel, and only half half a million more than McCarthy. Yeah. So at what po- at some point, you know, everybody's going to realize that you know sitting tight on your goalies is maybe not be a great strategy. I think I'm leaning that I'm actually probably leaning that way this week, only because I think I think the West Brom game is going to, like I said, from the fantasy perspective, it may be like a blog game for everybody else. But I'm looking at it from a Finchy perspective of guys that I want to keep in my um, uh, like an eye on. I know I called the goal for Jordan Amave, and it would basically kill Myhill's value. But from a future standpoint, I think Myhill is a great buy right now. Yeah, are you are you worried at all about Lindergaard lurking around there? No, zero. My yeah. Myhill is he basically creates fantasy points by himself out of only, nothing. Yeah. Out of nothing. <laughs> he, he makes love out of nothing at all. <laughs> What is uh, what the, oh man, I should know this. Uh, where you turn uh, anything into gold? Uh, Midas? He's King no, Midas. no, 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 no. Rumpelstiltskin? What? <laughs> we're, get, we're getting further away. 
Uh, now I can all I think is his necromancy. This is very late for us. We'd like to remind everyone of Dude, that. It's it's uh, eleven. It's eleven p.m. on the East Coast. Yep. Happy four a.m. Everybody else. You're welcome. <laughs> um, happy is, Chin- Happy Chinooka. God, I can't believe I can't remember this. Alchemy. What? Are you making up words? No, man. Alchemy, where everybody like is trying to look for the like mystical way to turn the basic uh, elements of life into gold or something, and then there's like a curse of it. Where if you, I don't know, we're that, we're getting crazy that, off topic. That, that sounds like Ponce de Leon type stuff. Use <laughs> you making know, up words, Doctor Seuss jargon. <laughs> you know, it might not be like that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, I I have you just. A- comp- by the way, I'm going to stop you. You just completely argue with yourself, try to figure out a word, and said, maybe it's not. You <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you know, you live and you learn, and then whatever. Um, yeah, De Gea is interesting. 5.4, I don't know. I mean, if you're going to invest in a goalkeeper, why wouldn't you just go, all right, I'm going to buy, you know, my hell at 4.5. Yeah, and, and I will say, if you're going to go to change your keepers... Uh, kind of underrated thing to do, especially if you like rolling two decent keepers, which is what I like to do, uh, so you can play the matchups. Check both of their 10-week lineups mm-hmm. and see who they're going to be playing and make sure that, you know, because like we said, there are three or four good options. Mm-hmm. So try to not get two that have tough matchups the same week so you can kind of play them off each other. Yeah, and I mean, I'm looking at my hills right now. He's got He's got Villa, Everton, Crystal Palace, Sunderland, Norwich, Leicester, United, Arsenal, West Ham. That's his next 10. That's his next 10. All right. So uh, get him in your team uh, yesterday and uh, have a good time with all of those points. Because a lot of those teams have the ability to break down defenses, but most of them struggle to actually convert them into goals. So you're going to get all those free save points, which are, which are always valuable in fantasy. And I think, I think if you, if, if you're going to splurge and basically spend, on goalies, a, a rotation of Hart and Myhill is pretty awesome. To be honest, I'm I'm trying to compare their schedules right mm-hmm. now, and it, the way they match up is is pretty decent. Puzzle pieces and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I know I know spending anything more than than, than nine and a half million on a goalie, or, or even nine million, is is completely ludicrous to anybody to to think of. But just just check it out. Anybody at home, just go home and and fiddle with your roster for a little bit, and see what happens i mean you might you might fall in love with joe hart you might find him with boaz my yeah i right now as we're recording this have swapped out butlin for my hill see see it's it's that it's that robe longevin guy that pops up every now and again with all the super great advice i'm a salesman man yeah man it's really good do you have do you have share in my hill Every my hill sale, totally, you get totally. like a ten percent cut of in his beard that looks like fucking king. <laughs> he looks like King Leonidas, <laughs> which you always have to be a fan of. Yeah, All right, absolutely. well, we mentioned a little bit earlier. Well, we're out of time. We mentioned earlier we, we've both already been drinking a little bit. What have we been drinking on? Um, well, since I was partying all day, I, I'm several Guinness deep, and I was drinking some Donegal whiskey mm. that the bartender he's he was from Derry, so. Never trust a dairy guy, especially me, because I'm lactose intolerant. But I'm bumped. Oh god, that's awful. All yeah. right, <laughs> I've just been drinking a little bit of West Sixth Amber. Uh, it's nice. a local brewery. I think I think I might have already had it before on the show. I don't remember. But you know, just taking taking it easy. 
it's really late here. It's it's a good get ready for bed beer. Yeah. Not getting too hyped or anything. As as Rob mentioned, hit, hitting about eleven p.m. here. So forgive the loopiness. Uh, and that there wasn't more of it to make this more. I think we focused a little too much on fantasy soccer at the front end. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll try to fix that in the next week when you'll be back with us with plenty of more fantasy advice and plenty of more drinking. Yeah. We'll always, we'll always be here. And as always, I'm Rob Langevin. You can always find me on soccer.rasball.com or on Twitter at, at Smokey underscore Loogie. That's L-O-O-G-Y. Yeah, and I am your host, Kevin DeVries, at KevRoth on Twitter. If you'd like to find my Match Week 6 previews, you can do so over on blog.playtalker.com where I previewed Tottenham, Crystal Palace, and Sunderland's upcoming fixtures. Tottenham and Crystal Palace, of course, playing each other. In that mold, I also did a Q&A over on TheEaglesBeak.com in preparation for the Tottenham-Crystal Palace match. So you can check that out Friday morning. I'll have an article that goes up on TheEaglesBeak.com talking about price points and players to bring in and drop from your fantasy sides. Uh, And also, as ever, you can listen to the EPL Roundtable podcast where we talk all things Premier League, which is on Monday and Friday mornings. As always, it's my pleasure. Yep, no, it was my pleasure too. And uh, as I mentioned, more drinks, more fantasy advice coming to you next Wednesday morning as well. Peace.